one and all to a brand new episode of the Comic Multiverse, where the worlds of nerd meet. As always, I'm your host, Joel, and joining me is my partner in comic book crime, Matt. How are you going, Joel? Your voice sounds really loud for my speakers now. Yeah, you're saying you upgraded to some new Dolby Atmos sound and everything, so now Joel's voice is all around you. Yeah, you're all you're in both ears, you're in front of me, you're behind me, you're on like the the sides and everything, and it's so weird. I am Legion, I am everywhere, I, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I updated while I was doing my review, so like my voice once I recorded it, it sounded different as well, so I'm like, whoa, this is so weird. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so how's your weekend been treating you? My weekend has actually been really great. My week, however, was so busy. Like, the week we did our Deadpool commentary, mm-hmm. I, I was pulling 15-hour days. Yikes. So I was pretty busy, and it's pretty burnt out by Friday. Uh, speaking of the Deadpool commentary, and I'm glad you brought that up, uh, thank you everyone for listening to that, who had nice things to say about that and everything. Matt and I will definitely do more of those in the future. Also, thank you for making that our most downloaded thing on Podbean. I know I didn't give everyone a choice in that regard. (laughs) That was pretty much the only place you could listen to it. I promise I'll fix that problem in the future. I don't know if you saw the video, Matt, but I basically had to have a little video explaining why I couldn't put it up on YouTube. Yep, yeah, I saw that. Joel Dunn goofed again. Joel Dunn did a classic Joel thing. <laughs> Man, do I talk in the first person too much? I had another commenter say uh, that I talk in the first person too much. I've never really noticed it, but now that you've brought it up, I'll notice it. All the time now, and now everyone in the comment section and everyone out there listening will know. <laughs> Now, uh, believe it or not, we actually do have some news this week. It's a light week. We're still in the post-San Diego Comic-Con thing. Not a lot of big shit is happening. The big thing is, of course, Suicide Squad. Yes, instead of what we read this week, we will devote the latter half of this show to a spoiler cast. And we'll weave in all the other stuff, too, as well as, you know, certain certain theories about there, scenes that got cut out of the movie, how it was originally supposed to go, a certain petition that is making the rounds for a certain, you know, uh, certain berry site, I think, a certain berry site that people don't <laughs> like very much. I wonder what they could be talking about. What's it called? Bad potatoes? People don't like them bad potatoes, do they? Yeah, I know. Spoiled cabbage or something. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. Sour strawberries? Sourstrawberries.com? Is that what you're mad about? (laughs) Shit, you know what's going to happen now, Matt? Now all of our fans have rushed out to claim those domains. (laughs) (laughs) If I knew anything about coding and, you know, websites, I would buy badpotatoes.com and I would try and make that <laughs> like a parody Rotten Tomatoes. I don't know what I would put on it. <laughs> I guess like stupid reviews, but that's already taken. I don't know if you have seen it. There's an amazing Twitter page out there called like, I don't know, it's like stupid Amazon reviews or like one star Amazon reviews or something. And they're like the dumbest Amazon reviews you've ever seen. Oh, it wouldn't surprise me. I remember I was listening to a podcast called How Did This Get Made? And I love the movies the movies they review, they do that um that whole Amazon thing at the end where they, they talk about the reviews it gets on Amazon. It's gold, solid gold. Yeah, it's amazing. I love it. It is funnier than anything any comedian could ever write. Yep. <laughs> I think one of my favorite ones is like, you know, some like Bikini Beach movie, some guy gave it uh, like five stars. The women in this movie are very attractive. And that, that was the review. 
that was the review, and that's what's wrong with a democratic society, because that man's voice matters just as much as anyone else's. <laughs> uh, oh, god damn. Oh, you know, while we're on the subject of this, uh, I'm sure you know, Matt, the uh, Three Wolf Moon shirt and the amazing Amazon reviews that are attached to that. Yes. <laughs> that is that is a thing of glory and a thing of beauty. For those of you who aren't sure, if you go to Amazon and search Three Wolf Moon shirt, you will see a shirt with three wolves and a moon on it. It's not a bad-looking shirt if you're into that sort of thing. But the reviews are stellar. They, they're amazing. It's, it's hard to put into words what they're like. They are Chuck Norris fact levels of, like, creative writing. That's amazing. I think my favorite one is, you know, this shirt fits well and is really comfortable. I'm pretty sure I can say beyond a shadow of a doubt this shirt made me a better man, which is hard to say because I'm a chick. <laughs> They're all like that. They're all absolutely priceless. So, yeah, if I made badpotatoes.com, if, if, if I bought that domain, that's all it would be. It would just be really bad reviews of movies. <laughs> or badpotatoes.com, you get, like, no-name critics, because obviously, you know, Rotten Tomatoes is, is, like, an aggregate site. It gets, like, all the biggest reviews and papers and websites and everything. Make it just, like, no-names and put them up there and make it seem like it's just as important. So, like, people who write blogs or YouTube videos who only get, like, like 100 views yep. or like 50 views or yep. something. The lower the better, actually. The lower the views, the higher at the top we put you. And even people who review movies like on Twitter, like you'll put like Twitter reviews on there and Tumblr reviews and like Instagram <laughs> reviews. <laughs> this might be a good idea. Don't be surprised if bad potatoes becomes the new big thing in 2017. <laughs> you know what? I'm actually kind of mad we already made up the title card for this episode because it was going to be a spoiler cast episode, and that's what we do. I kind of wish we could call this episode Bad Potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, god damn. So, yeah, that's that's what was happening this week. You know what else was happening this week, Matt? And maybe you'll correct me on this one. Did we Did we talk about Jeff Johns being named the new president of DC Comics? I can't, I can't remember. I know we talked about him getting a better role or something, but I don't think we talked about him getting the president role. Right, okay, so this is some old-ass news. I apologize for that, but between, you know, uh, like, spoiler casts and, like, all the other stuff we've been working on, I don't know if Matt and I ever talked about this after San Diego Comic-Con, but it was announced that Jeff Johns is now the new president of DC Comics. In fact, the article I read seek to imply that he had been president of DC Comics since DC Rebirth and since that whole rollout. Yeah, it's it's definitely interesting, and I'm kind of glad because he's he's a good writer, and I creator. think he knows. Yeah, 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 exactly, and I think he knows what to do and where to go with the comics. Yeah, the idea seemed to be that this president role was an extra reward and an extra incentive for Jeff Johns because he took a new, bigger role in the company now. He's also writing the comics, he's writing what he's writing, he's overseeing the television, and supposedly he's supposed to be a liaison between the comic companies and the movies now. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know, I'm always, like, kind of cautious about that, because that, this all happened after Batman vs. Superman, so this could all just be like, no, look, he's, he's, you know, in this role now that's kind of important but it's just one of those roles that is just a title only yeah because it's like here's the thing dan didio and bob harris who are the other big muckety mucks at dc comics they're still involved they still have high-ranking positions and just because johns is now the new president of dc comics 
doesn't mean he runs the whole kit and caboodle. He still has to yeah. report to the head of DC Entertainment. Yeah, he still has to go through a bunch of people before mm. he can get stuff made or put in movies or whatnot. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm happy and excited for the dude, and I think we all can agree it was only a matter of time until he became president anyway. I mean, he's just he's just the right dude to elect. Yeah. If it's even electing, even if he's just hand-picked or something, maybe, maybe it's a seniority thing where it's like, okay, you've been working here longer than other people now, it's time to be president. Yeah, yeah, he's at that. He's got his tenure now. Yeah, he's got his tenure now. You can never be fired. <laughs> goody, goody. So that's an interesting piece of news. I mean, that's really all you can say about it. I, if we did talk about this before and Matt and I are just drawing a giant brain fart, we apologize. Yeah, I can't remember. I know we talked about when he got that, um, he got like another role, didn't he? He got like another title uh, stapled onto his name. Yeah, I think we talked about that, but I don't think we talked about this. So now he's like president, head of creative, movie liaison, TV overseer, Captain Crunch, Captain Kirk. <laughs> Just how many titles can they staple onto his name? <laughs> Captain Majestic. Of Krypton. <laughs> That's a good title to put Of Krypton at the end of your name. <laughs> and it's the right business for it, too. Uh, speaking of uh, DC stuff, actually this is a DC and Marvel too for uh, Jason O'Mara, who you may know as being the voice of the DC animated movie Batman now. He has landed apparently a very important role on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 4 for this upcoming season. Cool. That's pretty amazing. Marvel cast Batman. <laughs> that means Batman is now officially a character in the Marvel Universe. Wrap your head around that. <laughs> You can't wrap your head around it because it's fucking crazy. <laughs> it is. It is crazy. Now, I don't know if this is true or not. Again, I couldn't get confirmation. It says that he's going to have a bigger role this season. Uh, the article I read seek to imply that he might be the new head of S.H.I.E.L.D. Because obviously when S.H.I.E.L.D. ended last season, Coulson wasn't director anymore. Yeah, that, that's true. And there was sort of hinted at that there was some another director because he, in that last episode, he was reporting to someone called the director. Yeah. So yeah, it's possible, and you know he's kind of a well-known actor. He's yeah. got some, you know, stage presence with him and everything. Got I some wouldn't juice. Wouldn't put it past him. Just I just hope he's not doesn't turn out to be a bad guy. Yeah, I mean, isn't that always the way it goes in Shield? If you're the head for longer <laughs> than a couple months, you end up being a bad guy. Yeah, like, well, well, maybe those Hydra guys weren't so bad. Yeah, yeah, you know, man, I've been reading this book, Mind Comp, and you know, I think this guy had some ideas. <laughs> just saying that right now just saying it you know what i would love to see them do i would love to see if they dusted off the old nick fury versus shield storyline because if you remember also at the end of season three they had shown that lmds were finally a thing and finally mm. existing in the universe and that famous nick fury versus shield storyline was nick fury finding out that life model decoys had invaded and kind of uh body snatched important people within the shield organization and took over wouldn't that be some shit if it was colson and his team versus robots who looked like important people that that i i think that's probably what's gonna happen with what like it's gonna start out with that inhuman doctor doing it for good kind of mm. kind of like ultron yeah yeah 
and um eventually and maybe even they'll they'll tie it to Ultron like it gets hold of Ultron brain patterns mm. or something or something to do with or like sees what happened with Ultron and w- or wouldn't something. Wouldn't that be some shit? Because that means that the actor for Ultron could literally phone in his lines and it could just come out of a computer. <laughs> well, J- James Spader is a, a TV, TV actor. actor. Yeah, for real. Hey, hey James, you got some time to read some creepy Ultron shit? Sure. Because I've always got time. I've always got time. I'm the Lizard King. (laughs) I am everything. (laughs) But yeah, that's uh, that would be interesting. And I mean, Christ, now you can finally say Batman, Agent of Shield. (laughs) That's a thing. If I was Jason O'Mara, that's how I would introduce myself. I would put that on my goddamn uh, business cards. Jason (laughs) O'Mara, actor, producer, Agent of Shield, also Batman. Are you Batman? What what did you do today? I bet it didn't involve being Batman. <laughs> uh, and from Batman to Superman, this is a piece of news that I'm sure you're super excited to talk about, Matt. We got our first look at what the Superman suit is going to look like for the Supergirl show. Yeah, that first picture, that promo picture was awful. Yeah, it was. Uh, absolutely awful. I don't know what... Although in saying that, like, every first picture that has been released for both cwn that the supergirl thing was awful they never looked i I have no idea why i have no idea why um but yeah we got a bunch of set photos after that way better oh it looks amazing in action apparently you just need the guy who steals shit on his smartphone camera phone to take all your promotional pictures now Yeah, I, I can't believe how, like, good it looked from just, like, some guy standing on the street with probably a phone camera. Some guy hanging out in a tree, some dude with, like, a bunch of fake, like, sticks and leaves glued to him so they don't see him <laughs> up in the tree. Did a better job. <laughs> and um, it it's already looking like it's going to be probably the best Superman interpretation we've had since Brandon Ralph. Uh, the bar's been set pretty low, wouldn't you agree? Yep. Yeah, and, and it's already been amazing because you already see him helping people. Yeah. You see him helping people. You see him fighting Metallo. Um, you see him doing the shirt rip. You see him as Clark Kent. Yep. You know what I love about this Superman? The fact that he's alive. <laughs> that's what I like about him. That's a, that's a real leg over the competition he has. <laughs> and, he, and he has the spit curl. Oh, God, that's also pretty great. Really, I mean, it's a beautiful costume. The only thing it's missing is trunks. Like, if it had trunks, I'd be like, best goddamn Superman costume ever. Yeah, and I think the belt might need to be a little bit thinner and have a little bit more yellow on it. But so be- it's a weird-looking belt. He, that being said, he has more yellow on the actual Superman symbol than we've seen in anything for a bit. Oh, yeah, it's like definitive yellow. It's not like that washed out kind of yellow. It's real actual yellow, and he has like cape tassels, too. He has like little things that are actually holding in his cape. That's an interesting yeah. touch. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I, I get the feeling they were going to cover them up in red, but they're like, no, keep it. The extra yellow's nice. Yeah. Ma- makes it new, puts a stamp on it, and yet it's clearly, you know, is clearly Superman. I mean, you could show that to anyone. They'd be like, yeah, Superman. Yeah, exactly. I don't even hate the scale mail on it. And usually I hate the fact that it seems like almost every new superhero costume suit looks like a goddamn basketball. Didn't hate it on him. Well, it's not that... It's not that scale mail stuff. It's like that mesh stuff the actual Supergirl suit's made out of. It's like this weird material that's sort of like a... um, It's like a meshy canvas. Right. And I guess it makes sense that their costumes would be made out of the same shit. Yeah, I, I, I just don't understand why he has yellow behind his S and she doesn't. Yeah. 
Because because he's Superman. Man means you get more yellow, apparently. <laughs> In this unfair gendered world, men get more yellow. We get to use more of it. That's our privilege. Yeah, so th- that looks really cool. It also looks like um, the, it's going to be taking place in Metropolis as well because we've seen like LexCorp buildings and everything like that. So that's going to be real cool. So what you're telling me is I actually need to start watching Supergirl this season. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and hopefully hopefully if it gets enough attention, we can get a Superman show out of it. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be some fucking shit if this Superman was so beloved? And I think he has every opportunity too. Where they're like, no, let's let's new adventures of Lois and Clark. This, let's actually have a Superman TV show. Well, as you said, the bar's been set pretty low. I mean, Christ, if you could have a Flash show and a Flash in the movie, and shit, Barry Allen Flash in the CW show has been doing more Superman shit than the Superman in the movies. Yep. Why not just actually make it about Superman? Wouldn't that be crazy? I I think that would give certain people aneurysms (laughs) if that was a real thing. (laughs) But yeah, Superman costume looks real good, looks real tight. I'm, I am more interested in this show now than I was before. Maybe I'll have to go back and catch up on Supergirl. I didn't hate Supergirl. Like, I actually watched at least two episodes. I watched the crossovers, and I watched uh, and, well, and I watched the first episode, of course. Yeah, well, the, like, as I said in my review, it, it's, it's okay. It's just like the first ten or so episodes are, I think, the ones they shot before the show actually aired, right, and then the rest... It. Yeah, and then the rest were obviously ones that were shot after, so you can tell the difference. It's like night and day. I will say of the stuff I have seen, I'm like, oh my god, why does Silver Banshee look amazing? Why does she look exactly <laughs> like she's supposed to? And why does Livewire also look good? That, that, that's what I don't understand. You get those characters that look exactly like the comics, and then you get Red Tornado. Yeah. Also, Martian Manhunter's on that show, which I keep forgetting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he looks amazing. Yeah, fucking, fucking Martian Manhunter is on this show, yeah. Martian Manhunter, after Goyer says, you know, oh, freaking Martian Manhunter's yep. a dumb character and only virgins know about him. Now everybody knows about Martian Manhunter because he's on a popular TV show. What's even great is in the set photos we've seen with Superman, he's actually fighting with Superman, like, against people. That's, that's, again, where are you movies? Why are the TV shows exactly. kicking your ass to these amazing moments? Exactly. This is just like an episode of a TV show. Friggin... Come on, man. <laughs> friggin Flash gave us the goddamn Scarlet Speedster fighting a psychic gorilla in the streets, and then they gave, like, Flash that we know, Silver Age Flash, running next to Golden Age Flash, and they recreated the Flash of Two Worlds cover. Where are you, movies? <laughs> Where are you on this? The TV shows are eating your lunch, and it's kind of pathetic. <laughs> and from that, I think we can move on to our Suicide Squad discussion. Now, this is going to be interesting, Matt. I know a lot of people were really excited about this on Twitter, and they were talking to me because I did my review. I don't know if you had a chance to watch it yet. I was more positive than I thought I would be. Honestly, I thought I was being backhandedly positive, but many people took this to be genuine positivity, and so everyone was like, oh man, this is going to be great when you know him and Matt do that spoiler cast. They're going to be fighting with each other. So people, if you're watching this on the channel, I take it you've seen my review and know what I think. I'm going to let Matt open. Yeah, no, I saw I saw your review, and I I didn't get why people were like, "Oh, wow, he liked it." <laughs> it's it's a fundamentally broken movie. The big difference was is that unlike Man of Steel, and unlike Batman v Superman, I didn't leave depressed and I didn't leave angry. Was the thing, and I'll say I'll say this much: 
there was a movie in here at some point. Like, there, you can see the trace amounts of yeah. movie that were here before it got thrown in a wood chipper and before they took a machete to it in that third act. But, man, that second act, though... I was I was genuinely feeling it. I I actually lost myself in the experience for a little bit, and a lot of that is due to Will Smith, who plays Will Smith in the movie. Uh, yep. Margot Robbie, who plays a version of Harley Quinn, and man, the re- I mean, uh, Viola Davis playing Captain Exposition, and also sometimes Amanda Waller, and I mean the real MVP. And I can't believe I would ever say this. Friggin' uh, Jay Hernandez as El yep. Diablo. Yep, I said that in my review. He was probably the best character in this movie. He was the only one with an actual character arc. Mm-hmm. He had a complete arc. You know what I think it has to be? Like, if you've watched other David Ayer films, they're all very, like, you know, L.A.-based crime movies. Chateau yep. Santana, El Diablo, would perfectly fit at home in any David Ayer movie. He could be in End of Watch. He could be in Street Kings. And, like, you wouldn't yep. bat an eyeball at it. The only difference is he wouldn't have firepowers. Yeah, he was just like an L.A. gangbanger. Mm-hmm. And clearly Ayer knows how to tell those stories. Like, shit, in the flashbacks we have with El Diablo, I'm like, well, damn, can I watch that movie? Yeah, it, it was actually good, and it was kind of compelling as well. Very. Like, here's a dude in a big-budget summer blockbuster that's all about fighting and shooting to actually be a pacifist and say, no, I've seen the error of my ways in violence. I have taken a vow of, you know, pacifism and nonviolence. And I'm like, holy shit, that's, that's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, it, it was really great. Especially in a movie that's, like, so chest-bumpy and so, like, you know, raw, 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 you know, action, raw, 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 teen angst and everything, to actually have, like, an adult character come in and say, no, kids, violence and fighting isn't cool. Yeah. It's it's kind of shocking, actually. It's kind of shocking how great El Diablo actually was in this. In fact, he's so good, I'm like, man, why is comic El Diablo not this good? <laughs> yeah, he he was really great and really surprised me, and which made like his death kind of hurt. Like, why kill off a character you just spent half the movie building on this character arc and everything and giving mm-hmm. some payoff when in the next one you could see how he's gone from that to this well so suppo- then you just you just kill him off well supposedly matt and again i said i would try and weave the news of the day because all the news of the day was related to suicide squad supposedly a reddit user leaked a bunch of you know cut scenes from the movie and a bunch mm-hmm. of just you know jettison plot lines and supposedly in Ayer's original cut of the movie, everyone had a complete arc, and everyone actually had a storyline, if you can believe it. What? I know, right? In the movie itself, and it's the movie's greatest sin, and I say this, is the fact that it's a team movie that has zero interest in actually being a team movie. It's interested in maybe four, but mostly two, just Deadshot and Harley, and everyone else gets thrown by the wayside. Oh, yeah, de- definitely. Like, like um, at the start of the movie, when they do all those like character info sheets... Which are the movie literally, music videos. Yeah, where the movie literally just stops and says, remember this guy? You'll remember him throughout the whole film because we'll keep doing this. Um, they, they only do that for Deadshot, uh, Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. Do they do one for Captain Boomerang? Yes, because that's the Flash cameo. The Flash comes in. Yeah, yeah, that's up. right. Which, which I must admit, I appreciated the Flash actually beating up a Flash villain. I'm like, okay, okay, that's fair. If he was going to come in in any moment... It makes sense it would be this one. Well, apparently that was added, like, later on. I believe it, because when he tackles him, you don't actually see Jai Courtney's yeah, face. Yeah, it's, 
It's all shot from the back. <laughs> all shot from the back. There's a lot of that in this movie. There is a decent amount of that in this movie. Uh, speaking of, like, you know, plot lines with uh, Captain Boomerang that don't go anywhere, his pink puffy unicorn, which is like, ooh, isn't this a funny sight gag? He has a pink puffy unicorn. Meanwhile, in all those scenes, they're shot super close, and you never see anyone else around him when he does it. Yeah, yeah, they're all shot, like, mid-shots where mm-hmm. with him, like, putting it into his jacket or picking it up or something. And, and then no one's ever around. You can tell there mm-hmm. were reshoots. No one ever mentions it. No one ever draws attention to it. And it gets no payoff. It's just, ha, 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 isn't that a funny sight gag? Yeah. And there's a lot of that in the movie, too. Ha, 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 isn't this a funny sight gag? Ha, 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 isn't this a funny reaction? Yeah. The, the, the only thing is, there was none of that from the Joker. No. No, 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 that's the only thing. And supposedly, there was even more Joker stuff in the movie, because I'm sure, Matt, if you're like me, and if anyone out there who's seen Assault on Arkham, I'm sure you were waiting for the moment where it's like, ah, but when's the Joker gonna hijack this movie from the shitty villain and make it all okay? Supposedly, after the helicopter crash, there's supposed to be a whole scene where he gets into a fight with the Suicide Squad in the subway. Harley rejects him, thereby completing her story arc of getting out an abusive relationship. Uh, and in yeah. fact, in the trailer, you see the scene where Joker, he's in his suit from the helicopter and his face is all burned and fucked up from the explosion. Yeah, that's uh, that's not in the movie now. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, apparently they removed like probably 90% of the whole Joker-Harley relationship because yep. there were scenes and there was, there's like pictures of them out there mm-hmm. where um, he, it's like, a, I, think, I think it was a flashback scene where uh, Joker where is actually her, yeah. abusing. Yeah, he's actually abusing her. And that would have been better. But in the movie, she's just like this girl who's trying to get back to her boyfriend. And Joker's yeah. like a really obsessed boyfriend. and mm-hmm. which, yeah. which knowing the history of these characters and how sick and wrong it is, they make it grosser, actually. But yeah. in this movie, implying that they actually have a loving relationship and that everything was fine and that he was coming to save her. Yeah, exactly. There's no hint at this that she's just a tool of his, basically. Mm-hmm. The worst thing they do is in the scene with Common, who gets a cameo. It, man, I, I so thought oh, Common God. was going to be. I so thought he was going to be Bronze Tiger because, like, he kind of looked like it in the pictures they showed. He's not. He's just some dude named Monster T. And because, again, Friend of Ayer had an amazing villainous role in uh, Street Kings. Uh, Yep. But, yeah, I kept thinking, like, ooh, okay, so this is going to be a good moment with him. Joker weirdly kind of offers Harley to him in, like, a sexual cuckold kind of way. And yeah, and he's like, I, I want to watch. And I want to watch. And they're both just A-OK with this. And then Monster T, understandably as you would, well, no, thank you, sir. That That is your lady, and she is a fine lady of much repute. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not about that life. Well, you die then. <laughs> Yeah, and, and you know that scene, that, that, that scene really, like, made, it actually made me laugh because, like, when he does that, Joker, like, he goes kind of all quiet and the the actual image on the screen kind of wobbles a little bit and it's like, look, guys, he's so crazy, you know, time and space wobbles around him. That I hated. That The editing like, tricks they put into Leto's Joker scene are truly unforgivable, mainly because no other actor who played the Joker needed it, editing exactly. tricks. Exactly. They they did it by their skill of acting. Mm-hmm. It's a crutch. It's a band-aid. And honestly, I couldn't even really judge his performance, A, because he's in like maybe five minutes in the movie overall. But also, they tacked a bunch of shit on top of it. Yeah. And even when he wasn't seen, he wasn't the Joker. He was just like a a 
normal gangster guy with mm-hmm. just green hair. He was like, you know, some sort of like, uh, well, 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 the, the book that it reminded me most of, and in fact, I'm certain this is the book they read for inspiration, was Brian Azzarello's Joker. This is the Azzarello right. Joker dressed up like an insane clown posse member. Yeah. It's even to the point, like, when he laughs, that ah, 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 like, kind of making it sound like he's coughing and like he's sick and everything, that's from Joker. Mm-hmm. The being, like, a more down-to-earth crime boss instead of supervillain, that's also from Joker. In fact, his little toady and little henchman who follows him around through the movie, you have to read the credits to get his name, but you know what his name is? What? Johnny Frost, which is the name of the guy from Joker. <laughs> so it's literally just... The version of Joker, but dressed up in like some sort of crazy outfit, but that's all it is, which is even funnier to me because you might remember this, Matt. When Joker came out, everyone you know was saying, Ooh, Brian Azzarello ripped off Heath Ledger because he looks the same. And Azzarello was like, No, 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 I wrote this one first, they ripped me off. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's hilarious that they've now come full circle now. And I think that really tells you about the writing of this movie, where it's like, hmm, well, you know, what should inform our take on the Joker? Well, we got these comics here. Ooh, this comic is called Joker. Let's read that and make it about that. <laughs> this must be good. <laughs> this must be good. Now, now I will say, it's not like one of those embarrassing career-ending turns like, uh, like Lex Luthor was in Batman v Superman. But it is still filled with a lot of the same annoying ticks where, you know, Lex Luthor was kind of like, oh, oh, oh. This Joker's like, ah, oh, ah. Oh. He becomes yeah, Jeff yeah. Goldblum. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know exactly what you mean. Every time he opens his mouth, it's, oh, 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 oh. Yeah, it's these weird little things at the end of the sentences and everything. I can't wait to show you my toys, which is also not in the movie, by the way. Yep. Which, man, can we talk about the guard for a second? So that guard, Griggs, who's like the main guard, that's that's Ike Barinholtz, who is yep. a comedian from Mad TV. I actually quite like him. I think he's very Yeah, funny. I do as well. He's, he was in both Neighbors, actually, and he's really funny in that, so good on him for actually getting into <laughs> some bigger movies. He's a better Joker in Neighbors, no, Neighbors 2 than he is in Suicide Squad. He kind of fucking is. He wears scary clown makeup. He actually kind of, Matt's not even fucking around. <laughs> but yeah, he he plays, you know, like a shitty guard and everything, and clearly there's a huge subplot with him that gets cut from the movie, because, like, he's gambling in the Joker's club, which, on one hand, why would you do that, mm-hmm. for one, and how, how have you not been fired for doing that? He smuggles in a phone for Harley Quinn, and and he doesn't show up at the end of the movie, assuming that he died. We never see him again after that. But we don't know how we got to that point. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, the movie is just cut to, like, bare minimum. Like, scenes just happen one after the other. And it makes sense because they had this movie cut by people who cut fucking trailers. Trailers, yep. Apparently, there were. this was another piece of news Matt's talking about that came out today. Apparently, there were two dueling cuts of this movie. There was the version that Ayer did... And then there was the quote-unquote fun cut that was edited together by the people who edited that trailer that people love so much. They showed both trailers to diff- or both movies to different audiences and in the end decided to fuse them together into the movie we saw. Yeah, so they, I, what I reckon they did was they, they, they just cut each movie in half and took the end off Ayers and stuck the end of the trailer one on the, on the end of Ayers. 
That would that would make sense. And you know, it's funny because, like I said, I was much kinder to the movie than Matt was in my review, and I stand by a lot of the stuff I enjoyed. And yet, when I hear that that they like shamelessly crowbarred and you know gave it to the trailer people to be like, well, make it fun, make it exciting, do whatever you gotta do. I'm like, well, am, am I a fucking sheep for enjoying that? Am I dumb for enjoying that? Where it's like, you know, here, we shamelessly put together this thing, you know, by numbers and by accountants and looked at other things that were popular and took this man's work, you know, this artist's work, and we put it through a meat grinder and turned it into this, and you're going to like it and you're going to eat it. And it's like, I felt weird. Never have I, like, tried to judge my own criticism more than I think I have from this, because I really don't know how to feel. Yeah, it, I I saw all that news before I actually went and saw the film, so I I knew what I was in for, and it was it, after knowing that and then going to see the movie, it's glaringly obvious well, it's, what these what what happened to it. And you know, and I'm sure in some way that colored your perception too, because once you know that, you can never watch the movie the same way again. No. I was lucky to go in mostly clear, but like I'll never be able to watch the movie with the same eyes now that I know that is essentially what happened. And, you know, some other stuff that came out, apparently Ayer's cut of the movie was supposed to be way, way more hard-edged. Apparently Captain Boomerang was supposed to be sexist and racist towards Katana. Mm -hmm. Yep. Which I'm willing to believe, because if you'll remember, in that whole, like, middle part of the movie, Captain Boomerang just shuts up and doesn't say anything. Yeah, yeah, he... he and, and there's that part where he just disappears... He disappears in the club and then shows up again. Just yeah, walking. he's li like literally in the next scene. Literally in the next. Actually, a fan said something hilarious because I mentioned that in my review. And he's like, but Joel, he's, he's Captain Boomerang, though. It's what he does. He leaves and then oh, comes. Fuck. <laughs> <sake>. <laughs> he, he was screwing around. He was screwing around. But I'm like, that's pretty fucking good. High, internet <laughs> high five. Man. That's pretty fucking good. <laughs> he came back because he was supposed. Yeah, he was supposed to be more sexist and more racist. Supposedly, there was a whole love triangle with Deadshot and a Harley Quinn, which makes sense because that happened in the New 52. It was that that spurs the Joker on to try and come and get Harley back where it's like, you know, more abusive relationship, more like he's taking back his property yep. type thing. That got jettisoned from the movie, which is unfortunate because I think if they actually gave a reason for the Joker to come, that would be pretty good. Or, you know, a reason beyond like, oh, I actually like Harley, though, for some reason. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh Apparently Slipknot actually had more in the movie. Apparently they... <laughs> I, I know, right? I fucking know, right? Slipknot. What, what a punchline. Apparently they imply that Slipknot was a serial rapist before he got, uh, before he got arrested. Oh, uh, so to make him, like, when he dies, everyone's like, yeah, good, fuck that guy. Good, fuck that guy, yeah. But it's like, but that clashes with the fun, Matt. Serial rapists yeah. aren't fun. Racists oh, aren't I fun. Abusive relationships aren't fun. <laughs> I just want to talk about that for a minute. So, like, we see, obviously, Slipknot dies because, like, you know, it's pretty obvious he's a character no one gives a fuck about. He died and... in the con. That's the greatest thing he ever did in the comics. He's a Firestorm villain, and the greatest um, thing he ever done was has his arm blown off. But, but what, what I don't understand is like that. That's the scene to sort of show that the bombs are real. And I know that scene is kind of from the comics and everything. But what I don't understand is before that scene actually happens, Joker breaks into that place that makes the bombs, yep. and he injects the guy who makes the bombs with one so like why wouldn't joker blow up his head and that shows that they're real yeah. that thus saving slipknot as a team member to maybe die later on or you know 
leave the team or something. I don't know. I, I would really love to talk to Sam Lake, who is a well-known character actor. He's been on, like, Law & Order. He's been on a bunch of stuff. He's a well-known dude. I would love to talk to him and, like, have him walk me through the emotions of being like, hey, we cast you in the next big DC superhero movie. It's a team piece. Awesome. Who am I playing? Slipknot. Who's that? I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, what are his powers? He's the best at climbing things, apparently. Oh, well, are there a lot of things to climb in this movie? No, 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 you die instantly. Yeah, yeah, you try to climb, but you die immediately. Okay, so to, okay, so for this role, you're going to have to bulk up a little bit, get big and strong. You're going to have to come in for costuming. We've got a whole suit made up for you and everything. We're just going to cover you in these stupid ropes. And then, you know, you're going to be here for the cast picture and everything. Oh, well, do, do I get to go to Comic-Con at least? No, you don't get to go to Comic-Con and help promote the movie because everyone already knows you're going to die anyway, that you are the most expendable one. Yeah, yeah but you get to punch a woman. And so that's fun. You get to punch a woman, and apparently that's hilarious. Like, I'm not going to lie, I laughed in the theater, because I was just like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's kind of this movie in a nutshell, is that it is in such bad taste, it's kind of hilarious. And I feel like maybe that was the sort of dark comedy they were going for in the air version. But it's you got this really dark gallows comedy, but they've also softened the characters to such a point to, honestly, they're not that much more evil than the movie versions of Batman and Superman. No, yeah, they're, they're like, literally the same. In fact... So, like, there's, like, no real differentiation. In no. fact, like, I'd call Deadshot more of a hero. He is. You, you know why he's more of a hero? Because you actually understand what he's trying to accomplish. He wants to save his daughter. He wants to build a better life for her. He has a chance to do evil, then chooses not to. He's a killer, and this this is the big thing right here. And this goes for everyone in the team. He's a killer, he's a bad guy, but he's not a hypocrite about it. That's true. They, That's true. They own their shittiness. Well, meanwhile, Batman and Superman are like, yeah, we torture and we brand and we destroy cities and break necks and punch African warlords through walls. But we're the good guys, though, and you should all, you should all <laughs> respect us. And you should build statues of us because we're so good. Yeah, you should thank us. Yeah. I, I like the Suicide Squad more because they are not pretentious and they do not lie about who they are. Yeah. And I never thought that that would be a thing where it's like, no, they're, they're actually kind of better in that regard. Oh, God, speaking of Batman, man, we, we got to mention this. So the post-scene credit, we find out that the only reason Batman knows where to find and recruit the Justice League is because Amanda Waller gives him the information. Yeah, yeah, she gives it. So, like, here, Bruce. Uh, someone on Twitter said this to me. So, like, here, Bruce, have these files of people that would have made better suicide, mm -hmm. suicide Squad members than the actual Suicide Squad members I chose. Also, good job, world's greatest detective Batman. I know! I fuck can't that. Can't do your own fucking research, can't do your own fucking legwork. And better still, he's like, okay, Amanda Waller, I'll cover up what happened in Midway City with all these murders this time. Great, so now Batman is a collaborator on top but, of but it. But the thing is, it wasn't just Midway City. There was places all around the world getting destroyed. But Batman can cover it up, though, because he's Batman. But God damn it. Because he's, he's super rich and super amazing. Uh, I guess from there, let's talk about the villain. Man... <laughs> that's that's a it's hard to believe that in a movie that's all about villains they drop the ball so freaking hard on the actual villain oh so you so, so i was talking with someone last night on twitter about that and they're like you know the villain in suicide squad is basically dr doom from fan four stick um, and I, I like sat down and i'm like holy shit it's true so they they were an ex-team member they were romantically involved with someone else on the team mm -hmm. and they were made of bad cgi the, the fact that she's even an an ex-member 
does my head in. And again, this is clearly another point where the editing probably got fucked up. So Amanda Waller wants to form the team. She gets the go-ahead to form the team by showing that she has Enchantress. Also, hey everyone, magic is real. Hope you don't mind. <laughs> in a universe where everything is so grounded, it's just like, yeah, hey, magic is also real. In fact, we have not one but three magical characters on our team. No biggie. <laughs> so she uses Enchantress to help get the Suicide Squad made. Enchantress then instantly turns against Waller for reasons that are never explained up until this point. Why didn't she turn way earlier? Because she seems to be the original mm-hmm. member on the team. I feel there had to have been a scene wherein they went on like a practice mission and that got fucked up and that's why she turned. So she turns instantly, recruits her brother Incubus, who is never actually called Incubus in the movie, but that's who it is. Who, yep. is, who is from a Suicide Squad story, but a different Suicide Squad story, different Suicide Squad era than what they're trying to do right here. She turns a dude into her brother, which she could just do, because Waller had, like, another artifact from the thing that had the brother in it, too. So she does that. Then he starts making trouble. And so even though Waller already has the squad together... She instead chooses to send June Moon and Rick Flag to deal with the problem, the problem that she started. Then she turns, and then they have to go get the team again to go fix the problem that they started. <laughs> but it gets even more complicated than that because they don't get sent in to fix the problem. They get sent in to save the VIP, who we find out is Waller, who had been in the city all along. But why was Waller in the city and she couldn't leave? But Rick Flagg was clearly in there before her, and he managed to leave to get the team and come back. Because. And this is what bad editing is, folks, because clearly there was shit in there that got cut out. And it gets even weirder, because then in the third act, the big moment is Deadshot finds out that uh, Enchantress and Rick Flagg were in a relationship together. And he gets all offended for some reason, even though he never trusted them to begin with. So w- w- <laughs> why is this pissing him off to find out that the people who constricted him to this, like, supervillain army are corrupt? Why does that bother him? Ah, uh, God damn it! That... Like, like, it would be one thing if Waller knew or Waller kind of planned this and this got ahead of her. And in fact, I wouldn't be surprised if in early versions of the script, Waller was actually supposed to be the main villain because she always is kind of the antagonist in Suicide yep. Squad stories. But mm-hmm. Waller did nothing wrong in this. So it's really weird. She she also did nothing as well. No, she was she she, she became a MacGuffin. Yeah, she did. Waller was the MacGuffin. You got to get Waller because she's got the blow up your head app on her phone. Yeah, and she's got all the info in in her head that Enchantress wants. Which Enchantress so, yeah. doesn't actually need. They make a big point of being like, oh, she found our secret bunker. Well, yeah, of course she did. She was there as Enchantress and June Moon in the beginning <laughs> of the movie. It wasn't a secret. She already knew. <laughs> and also, like the the villain anyway, Enchantress is something like a Justice League Dark Team should be going. Like you're gonna send like some guy who can shoot a gun really well to kill something okay. that's magical and can like make an army of mm. eye demons and whatnot. I, I hate to say it, but this was literally a job for Superman. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, that, that's like another thing. Like we see, we see like Batman, and we see like Flash, and all that. Where mm. the fuck were they? There's this whole city. Basically, being, the world is being destroyed by mm. this thing. And they're like, eh. C- congratulations, DC. You're finally at the point where Marvel is now, where you've introduced so many heroes that when they don't show up or don't make reference to them, people say, but where the fuck were they, though? 
Yeah, but no, but but it makes more sense, especially after the ending of Batman vs Superman, where Wonder Woman's like, "We got to get a team together to face the dangers of the Earth and everything." And then there's this movie where like shit is blowing up all over the Earth, and they're like, "Oh, we'll just chill in the Batcave and yeah, play play video look at, games. Look at look at videos of Ezra Miller with a shitty haircut. <laughs> Smoke a bowl, it'll be great. <laughs> D- Dick will come by and play the bongos. It'll be a lot of fun." <laughs> It's also kind of funny, too, where it's like, really, you couldn't think of a better mission to send the Suicide Squad on. It's a mission that wouldn't have even existed were it not for the creation of the Suicide Squad. Well, that's the thing. Like I said in my review, this movie shouldn't have been a big action-heavy magic fest. It should have been Ocean's Eleven with serial killers. Again, I hate to compare. Well, actually, no, I don't hate to compare because it's a better version. Arkham Asylum did this, or Assault on Arkham did this story way better with most of the same characters. Yep. And that's a fucking cartoon when your million-dollar tentpole summer movie can't be as well-written and well-realized as a goddamn direct-to-DVD cartoon based (laughs) on a video game franchise. (laughs) you done goofed just a little bit and again I don't want to sound too negative there was some stuff I like in it Will Smith this is movie star Will Smith the likes of which we haven't seen in god I don't even know how long yeah yeah it was it was movie star Will Smith playing movie star Will Smith it was big Willie style he had nothing in common with the Deadshot from the comics except for the fact that he had a daughter but he was charming and he was funny and triangle bitch (laughs) How can you not love Triangle Bitch? The fact that Will Smith says bitch in a movie is pretty great. <laughs> I, I I preferred, um, obviously, Diablo over him, as well as, like, Jai Courtney has finally found his niche. Being a stereotypical Australian. <laughs> He's finally found it. He's finally found it. He, re- he really has. You know, you just drink that Foster's. You apparently be sexist and racist like all Australians are. I, I only know Matt, so that's what I'm basing it on. <laughs> <laughs> also, you get the feeling, too, that they might have had, like, some sort of romance side plot that got cut between, like, him and Katana because they were, like, making eyes at each other for a bit. Oh, yeah. I, I think his plot was, like, cut down heaps. Yep. Also, talk about another character who gets wasted. Katana shows up late, shows up later than anyone else in the movie. Yep. Yep. Still gets her origin, but gets it later in the movie than anyone else. Uh, only speaks Japanese, despite the fact that she can totally speak English, because she speaks it at the bar later on. What, what was the point of that? Did they really need to push? Yeah, but she's the Japanese character, though, so she needs to speak Japanese. That's what foreign people do. <laughs> it's really weird that in a movie that is ultimately probably, if not the most racially diverse superhero movie we've ever seen, leans so hard on stereotypes. Yeah, it, it does. And I mean, and I mean, like, I know you always got the ultimate cop-out argument, and I would agree. Well, it's like, well, not everyone in a movie has to be a role model, and they're villains. They're the anti-ness of, you know, role models. You shouldn't look up to these people. That's fair. Didn't didn't stop all the women in my theater though. There was like three women who came in with Harley hair in my theater. All right, let, let, let's actually talk about that. Let's talk about the audience that was in your theater because I know. Uh, did you have you watched the Red Letter Media sure review did. of that? It reminded me of this. So, like, I, what was the what was the 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 audience in your theater like? Again, lots of teens, lots of hot topic teens, lots of, you know baggy skater yep. shorts, backwards baseball caps. 
There yep. was there was one like stereotypical nerd guy, you know, big dude about my size, flash T-shirt, Superman hat, you know, you, one of our people, yep. one, one of one of our tribe. I recognized him. <laughs> he recognized me, and we gave each other a little nod, like, hmm, yes, yes. Uh, he gave the ch- the chest bump with the fist and <laughs> the, the fist bump of of the tribes people. Yes, yes. There, there was that. Uh, you know, your regular just movie-going people are like, oh, you know, Will Smith is in this. I like that fella. Uh, and, you know, at least three women with their hair done up and their makeup done up in a Harley Quinn style because that's, like, you know, very cosplay-friendly now. Here's the thing, though. They weren't young women, though. They were, like, my yep, mom's yep. age. Yep. And they had come up and done this, and they... All looked like, to put it nicely, they looked rough. They looked like they had a couple kids. They looked like they had a couple cesarean scars, maybe some track marks. They were also incredibly loud and annoying in the theater. I was actually very pissed at them because they hooted and hollered whenever Joker and Harley Quinn were on screen. Yep. They yep. were more confusing than anything to me because I'm like, how, how how do you know who these characters are? I'm, I'm going to guess you didn't grow up watching the animated series like me. I'm guessing you don't regularly read comics. How do you know about this? Where did you learn it? And, and you know, like, like why and how? It, it was very, very strange. Like, again, I don't doubt that Suicide Squad will find an audience. It just found the strangest audience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like, when I saw, like... Like Batman vs Superman, Civil War, and stuff. You have like the normal people, the the, the comic book fans like us, and you, you, a normal audience. And then when I when I saw Suicide Squad, I saw it the day it came out, and it was one of the showings in the afternoon. So like people were coming in. It was like half full, but all those people, yeah, like they were exactly like yours. They were, you had like the group that was like all the Harley and Joker people who sat two rows in front of me and annoyed the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had, you know, those weird guys with the big beards and, like, the kind of cornrow, like, David Ayer fans. <laughs> I, I guess so. People are like, yo, man, End of Watch was the shit, man. Friggin' yeah. Street Kings, that's my life. <laughs> yeah, those type, of, those type of people. And it was just a strange audience. A very strange mix. Like, again, one thing in the movie's credit, it may very well have tapped an audience that no superhero movie before it has tapped. Oh, it's no, an audience no superhero movie wants. Uh, I was going to say, like, pe- people who, I'm not going to lie, in real life might be getting beaten up by Batman. <laughs> <laughs> For different reasons. But, yeah, it's it's kind of amazing, actually. And I'll be interested in the long run to see you know, this fan base, if this becomes like some sort of cult movie off the back of it. Because in many ways, even when Suicide Squad is a mess, and it's a mess, it's a weirdly entertaining, watchable mess. Like, this is almost, like, there's moments where you laugh because it's, like, unintentionally hilarious. Like, like Enchantress, she's given her big villainous speech in the movie. She's like, I will cover the world in darkness. And, blah, and blah, she's blah. doing that fucking weird dance. That like queen of the damned Aaliyah. She's popping and locking like a soccer mom <laughs> on meth. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? How did this make it into the, why did no one stop this? <laughs> this, this made it past editing. An editor looked at this and said, that's fine. It's fine. Ship it. It's good. <laughs> it's kind of amazing. And, and there's a few moments like that throughout the movie where I'm like, that's hilarious. You, well, you you know what else I found very hilarious? Whenever Joel Kinnaman opened his mouth, mm. Ugh, he, he talked in like this loud voice and these weird like pauses, 
and everything. It's so weird, which doesn't make any sense because, like, when he was in RoboCop, his American accent was fine. But in this, it's really weird. Supposedly, that's another big thing jettisoned from the movie. Apparently, we actually did get to spend time with June Moon and Rick Flagg and actually get to understand their relationship and actually care when they get broken up. Apparently, that was another thing that got cut. And we know for a fact this got cut because you'll remember in the original trailer, they're hanging out together and he's reading the files. and be like, he's Deadshot, he shoots stuff, Harley Quinn, she's crazy, he throws boomerangs. Not in the movie. Yep. Not in the movie, clearly part of a bigger subplot that went away. And Jesus Christ, if you were going to keep one subplot, you should maybe try and keep that one. Yeah, they kept like maybe 25% of it, but cut the rest. <laughs> That's, it's just, it's just friggin' crazy, man. It's, it's, it's insane, the stuff you're, uh, we haven't even talked about Croc yet because Croc is big and Croc hits shit. That's the thing. I didn't think he was that big because there were scenes where it was like wide shot and he didn't have his shirt on and his head looked fucking massive and his body looked so skinny. It was so weird. Supposedly, there was a whole cut subplot with Croc coming to terms, you know, with his own appearance and him deciding that, you know, he's beautiful anyway, which they make a joke about in the bar scene, which might be the best scene of the movie right there where he just kind of out of nowhere says, oh, I'm beautiful. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. Yeah, well, they're, they're like the only lines he says in the whole film. That and BET. And, they, and he wants BET. BET, because <laughs> Killer Croc Waylon Jones loves big booty bitches. <laughs> which, which, in all, which in all honesty, probably. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. I, I, mean, who, I mean, who doesn't love big booty bitches? But yeah, I'm, like we're talking about like those scenes that were cut. Apparently there was heaps cut from Croc. Like he was meant to be a henchman for for someone else in Gotham, but was actually planning on taking over for himself and everything. Which again then, sounds very much like Joker. Yeah, but then you know got punched in the face by Batman or something. Which hell, he he doesn't even get a music video for him out in the world. No. He, he gets a music video of him already in prison. That's the thing, like it. The, the music videos were so weird. Like, some team members got them, some team members didn't. This movie could so not weird. have been cheap for the songs that they use. Like, they oh, use God. some AAA songs. They use fucking Queen. In in the first fucking, like, ten minutes of the film, the song, that the soundtrack changes probably every two minutes. And not in, like, a Scorsese, you know, like, needle drop kind of way. Like, it is very clumsy they go from like sympathy to the devil to like some hardcore gangster rap the dead shots listening to yeah it's it's very jarring there's eminem in this movie they work eminem into the movie <laughs> which which fittingly it's for a harley montage i'm like yeah yeah that's fair oh speaking of harley uh they work in her original costume not once but twice i'm like okay you know what not a bad touch i i will buy this new harley because you showed me the old costume it wasn't a bad touch, but that that costume looks horrible live action. Oh, the the uh, like the suit, like the actual like one. Yeah, thing. yeah. Well, I thought it looked very horror. Uh, it might have just been the way it was lit. It was lit from the top down because they're trying to recreate that famous Alex yeah. Ross cover we all know and love. Which don't get that, me wrong, if you're gonna recreate a cover, fucking Alex Ross is the right place to go. That, that's a, that's another thing DC do. They recreate all these scenes from the comics, but that's all they're doing. They're just recreating the panel. They're not recreating the story that or panel the emotion tells. or the character. Yeah. They're, they're very obsessed with images and, and moments, but not how you get to those images and moments. And that's how you get those people that say, well, they recreated that Dark Knight Returns cover so they get Batman. That's how you get those people. Apparently so. Now, now to, to bring it to that for a second, another thing that I will actually like about Suicide Squad, or at least I will admit to like, 
is that it didn't feel the need to beat me above the face and neck with pseudo-philosophy and pseudo-theology. It was just, hey, let's shoot shit the movie. Well, you know, they, they didn't have a character who could be, like, the Jesus. No. You know, Superman wasn't around. I imagine if, like, Superman, if, like, somehow in these movies Superman was left alive at the end of Batman vs. Superman, we'd get stuff in this movie where, they, oh, there's a god in our world now and, you know, all that sort of shit. You know, it, it le- at least it owned the fact that it didn't it didn't have anything like that to say. And like like I said, I was actually able to lose myself in the movie for a bit. Unlike Man of Steel and you know Batman v Superman, which were trying so goddamn hard to make me take them seriously, I was always aware of myself in the theater. And maybe I was checking my watch a couple times too. Yeah, it, it was refreshing that it wasn't a Zack Snyder film for once. Mm-hmm. And. We actually got something a little bit different, but in saying that, they still had to adhere to the rules he set. Indefinitely, and you know, you could argue how much of this actually was a David Ayer film, now that we know about how much they mm-hmm. cut from it. Mm-hmm. How much they actually took away. I mean, like, like I said, there's stuff to like about the movie. Will Smith is charming when he's not chasing Oscar gold or demanding that his kids be put in stuff. <laughs> wouldn't it be funny if the daughter in this movie instead of being the daughter is like no it should be Willow Smith she, she no, it should be, be Jaden Smith should be Jade. no daddy don't shoot Batman <laughs> <laughs> look I won't shoot Batman if you stop wearing them girl clothes boy <laughs> he just decides to shoot his son instead <laughs> look I won't shoot Batman if you delete your fucking Twitter account boy <laughs> Uh, geez, if any movie should have worked in Fish Mooney in a cameo somewhere, it should have been this. <laughs> <laughs> just somewhere, just because. Uh, I, I, I mean, what else can we say about the movie? I mean, I would say a lot of the characters are enjoyable and entertaining, but it is let down by a weak villain and an even weaker story and horrible, horrible cuts. Yeah, I have no idea what that... And it, the thing is, this movie makes me scared for Wonder Woman. Yeah, because because like if this was retroactively uh, fucked fucked with because of Batman vs Superman, what's Wonder Woman going to be retroactively done to because of this? I know, right? Like, what's what's the next big one where they're going to be like, well, we got to change it around? I, I guess Doctor. What comes out first, Wonder Woman or Doctor Strange? Doctor Strange comes out in November. Wonder Woman doesn't come out till next year. Oh shit, shit! I'm hoping they don't change Wonder Woman to match Doctor Strange, where it's like, look, we need we need more magic. I, 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 Wonder Woman's not really magic. She's like fantasy sword, swords. And sorcery. Yeah, a little bit of magic, but not a lot. Yeah, it'd be changing around to be like, look, we need we need Inception shit in here now. <laughs> this is just this a scene where to get to Themyscira, you have to go through the, the kaleidoscope point. or something. Yeah. <laughs> It's you know it's sad too because you know I mean what wasn't Warner Brothers and DC's big battle cry their big trumpeting thing where they're like you know oh we we have more director and creator driven movies we don't yep. we don't put it all through an assembly line like those guys at Marvel do where they stifle your creativity all over the place yeah <laughs> yeah they they came out and said we're directors first and then you get all this news about them taking A's movie and giving it to trailer people to and trailer people <laughs> now that being said I have often joked how great was the trailer for Man of Steel how great was the trailer for Green That's Lantern. The thing. You gotta be careful with these movies because they, they do the old bait and switch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, shit, maybe you should just let one of these uh, trailer guys make the trailer first, then decide what you want the movie to be after the trailer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Use the trailer as like the the test screening. Yeah, yeah. Use it like your Deadpool sizzle reel, like your proof of concept. <laughs> That'd be funny. DC and Warner Brothers are like, yeah, it's, it's it's a new breakthrough, revolutionary thing. Nobody's ever thought to do it before. We create a trailer before the movie. We work out the ideas in the trailer, and then from the trailer we make the movie. Sponsored by. Oh, fuck, what is it? Good, Turkish Airlines. Oh, God. Okay, I'm glad you mentioned that, too. Another thing in Suicide Squad's favor. No whorish product placement. Yeah, no, no featurettes of the director coming out saying that Turkish Airlines is the best because it's a real company. Mm-hmm. No, n- there was never a moment in this movie where the Suicide Squad had to go to a TGI Fridays to drink and talk about their problems. Yeah, yeah, they don't need to go... They didn't, like, arrest Deadshot at the IHOP. <laughs> that would be pretty fucking funny, though. Look, I just, <laughs> I just want my goddamn Grand Slam triangle, bitch. <laughs> I go without my Grand Slam. Ooh, I ain't doing it. <laughs> Will, Will Smith is good in this movie, I swear. <laughs> I know it doesn't sound like he is, but he is. Triangle, bitch. Sometimes when you try and talk about how great Will Smith is, it sounds like you're making fun of him. Uh, I, I mean, obviously, Harley Quinn was to be the breakout star of this movie. That's why 90% of it is focused on her and everything. They even kind of have a stinger at the end to say that maybe, perhaps, the sequel, if they ever make one, and that's really up in the air at this point, it might be the team having to go save Harley from the Joker. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, they they shouldn't have done the Enchantress. They should have just made Joker the villain to begin with. Yeah. I, I mean, how can you not have, like, the most well-known, popular supervillain of all time and then give him, like, five minutes of screen time? Now, supposedly he had more time, too, that got caught, and apparently he was an antagonist at the end, but they cut his time. Also, all that all that shit that came out about how he went insane going in through the role, and you see, like, what, what that got him in the movie. That's, that's just so fucking hilarious. That That is the greatest joke of all time, where it's like, yeah, he sent, used condoms and anal beads to his co-stars. He was really getting into it. Yeah, for in the movie when he doesn't even interact with anybody else. <laughs> that's what I don't understand. Like, he, he, and yeah, he gave heart palpitations to Viola Davis, and she almost takes him because he was so crazy they don't even have a scene in the movie (laughs) all he does is like stand on the helicopter and shoot some people and there there was a great scene which i thought they were building up to a joker gag it's it's another scene with i uh baron holtz Mm -hmm. where where he kisses joker's ring yeah yeah. and i thought that ring was going to be like a joy buzzer or something see that actually would have been funny and he like kissed it and like shocked him and Joker starts laughing and everything and then slapping him around a little bit. That that's what I thought was going to happen, but it didn't happen. That, he just did it like the fucking gangsters do and everything. That actually would have been that actually would have been something the Joker did, Matt. That that would have been exactly a, that would have been funny. And you can't have that because this is Brian Azzarello's Joker, who the big thing was let's take the Joker and let's not make him funny. Let's let's take all the super out of this super villain and let's see how that goes. Let's say the com- the comic Joker would bully this Joker. It's true. He really would. He he would play an elaborate gag on him. Is what he would do. Yeah. He would play an elaborate joke on him, and he would get him good. I mean, the the other thing too is, as I mentioned before, it's a team movie, which is greatest sin is that it has no interest in being a team movie. They don't even really bother explaining or trying to justify why certain people are on the team. Like, yes, Captain Boomerang is the comedy relief. 
what do his boom boomerangs actually bring to the fight? He uses them as knives more than boomerangs. Well, that's all they are. They're just knives duct taped together. I saw like a close up of them, and they're like they're two knives, and he's put like like cord around them, <laughs> and I'm like. Like and Captain Boomerang's like someone like you could do some really interesting stuff with oh, his yeah. boomerangs, but like they're like oh one one boomerang has a camera on it. That's that was and, the one thing they did like the boomerang drone, and all I could think in that scene was like, well, why the fuck haven't you been using this all the time to scout exactly. out areas in front of you? Why are you only using this now at the end? <laughs> you mean you were useful this whole time, but you were choosing not to be. <laughs> <laughs> and even Slipknot too, it's like, he can climb anything. Yeah, because they did a lot of climbing in this movie, didn't they? He would have been super useful if he didn't die. <laughs> I imagine him just in a firefight. I climb things, I climb things. I give up, there's nothing I can do. Also, and like, I'm like, why is Harley on the team? There's like no real reason for her to be... If they were going after Joker, it makes sense to have her mm. on the team because she'd know where all his hideouts are. Yeah. What, where he's like, where he would go. She thinks like him, mm. but... To have her go up against Enchantress, like, what's the deal? And she kills Enchantress she as does. well, like, how? She's the big hero moment of the movie, because she's unpredictable, Matt. She's a wild card. You never know what she's going to do, which, of course, is also a problem where it's like, wh why would you want her on a milita military <laughs> exactly. operative team if she's a wild card and you can't trust what she's going to? Also, she's texting the Joker in plain view of everybody on the helicopter, and no one cares to ask, hey, that as she get that phone. That scene where, like, Ike hands her the phone, they're being escorted by all these guards and not one of them sees them. They, these are spent, meant to be, like, black ops soldiers who are, you know, uh, on point all the time Apparently and everything. They missed that. Also, how about, how about um, Scott Eastwood's character that everyone was saying, oh, he's Grayson, he's Grayson, and he dies at the end of the movie? Uh, which one was he again? He was that one who puts the bomb on the bottom of the Enchantress. Oh, yeah, thing. he was he was generic military man number 644. Yeah, everyone was saying, oh, well, they cast Scott Eastwood. He he must be, uh, you know, um, uh, Dick Grayson or someone. And what's even funny is he, he gave up the role of Steve Trevor for that. <laughs> A moment of silence for Scott Eastwood, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know, I, I will say, I didn't have a problem with the majority of the action scenes. Yeah, they were simplistic. Yeah, I don't think David Ayer, who, who is known for smaller movies wherein his violence comes in big bursts and then are over quite quickly. I don't know if he was quite ready to do big summer tentpole action movie. It's all shot very close together, very dark. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a problem with the majority of it. That underwater scene, though... That oh I god, you with. couldn't tell what the hell was going on. I honestly thought, and I shit you not, I thought at a moment, I thought Croc had started attacking the soldiers, then I'm like, oh, yeah. oh no, wait, it's the eye guys again. Oh, okay. That's what I thought. I thought like, oh, he's gonna go... I, what I originally thought was like, oh, he's attacking them so he can get the bomb and go plant it himself, or he's attacking them to get away from everyone right but yeah and, and and then the scene with the enchantress where they're all fighting her it was all smoky and dark and you couldn't see anything and a after the explosion everyone comes out filthy except for amanda waller did you notice that she is clean as a goddamn whistle <laughs> oh god <laughs> which leads me to believe either a she wasn't actually supposed to be there at that point in the movie and it's a reshoot or b and this one terrifies me she was actually supposed to die in that helicopter crash Maybe I think that might be what happened. 
Which, if that's the case, if you had actually planned to kill off Amanda Waller for the second time in a DC movie, they killed her off in Green Lantern, too. If you killed her off for a second time, then you proved you didn't get the character and the source material. Yep. She, she is a constant. In fact, I did a list just recently. Every member of the Suicide Squad from, like, the original World War II team to, to like, this week with the new team when it came out in the comics. She has been on the Suicide Squad, leading it an unprecedented seven times. Oh, wow. I think Deadshot's right under her in six, and then, like, Captain Boomerang and Bronze Tiger under them in, like, five times apiece, etc., etc. Huh. Yeah, shit, Bronze Tiger and Count Vertigo have been on the team more than anybody else, almost as much as Boomerang and Deadshot, and yet they're not in the movie. Yeah. They, they don't get shit. That's unfortunate. <laughs> I like those characters. I, I would like to see this. Well, shit, you know what? It just hit me. You know why they're probably not in the movie? Why? Because they're on Arrow. That's true, but remember they, like, cancelled the Suicide Squad in that movie, uh, in that show, they got rid of Katana. That's right, because they didn't want confusion with the new movie they were doing. (laughs) Which doesn't make sense, so, like, why is Flash continuing, and... (laughs) Yeah, shouldn't you put that entire show... Well, apparently... Why is there a Superman on TV? (laughs) I swear, man, the... This movie didn't make me hate Ayer, it didn't make me hate any of the actors in the movie, but to quote Red Letter Media on this one, it made me hate the people in charge, the suits and the money men and the people on top. They're the ones who are fucking this up. Yep. And do you think it'll ever change, I guess is the big question. Do you ever think they'll stop fucking it up? What do you think would have to happen for them to finally, like, slow down A and, like, actually try and hammer these out and actually make them, like, good like, yeah, real good. I, like, like, I enjoyed parts of Suicide Squad, but I mean, I, it's, it's like a C at best. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I, I think they'll get they'll get through this and be like, oh, well, you know, it made some money. It made us some money. So we'll just keep doing what we do. I guess until they have a massive failure. And the thing is, I don't think they're going to have a massive failure. I think we're going to see continue to happen with DC movies what happened with squad and what happened with bvs and that is it's going to have a huge opening weekend Mm -hmm. everyone who wants to see it is going to see it every critic like you and me who need to see it for work is going to see it uh it's it's going to get savaged in reviews and Mm -hmm. people are going to have stupid petitions to take down rotten tomatoes proving they don't actually understand what rotten tomatoes does Mm -hmm. it'll have a 40 percent drop off which was the thing today. It had a 40% drop-off since, uh, since its big opening. Broke records for August, but then had a gigantic 40% drop-off. Yeah. Which is kind of the thing for these sort of things, because, you know, all the hardcore fans have already seen it, so, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, I, I think that's just going to keep happening, and they're like, well, we made just enough to justify the next one. Yeah. And talk about a movie, too, that probably, as you were saying before, Matt, would have benefited from not being a multi-million dollar movie. You know, maybe maybe give him just a couple hundred million, or just a couple million, and see what he does with it. Give it Deadpool money. Mm-hmm. So they have to take time and be creative, and I think Ayer would have felt safer and more at home with a budget like that. Yeah, he would. He, he thrives like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I love David Ayer. Love a lot of his movies, but, mm-hmm. they're, but they're not summer tentpole movies, is what they are. No, they're just movies you put out maybe in the winter or something, and they're they again small budgets. Mm-hmm. And they're and they're really good. I mean, and like they use their budget. Like even Fury, the last one was a movie about a bunch of dude in dudes in a tank. You didn't have to change a lot of sets and whatnot because it was all situated in the tank. It was all about the tank. Yep. 
Like, imagine a Suicide Squad movie that was all about Bell Rev, where it's like, it's just all in the prison, just all about the prison and them training to go out on their next mission, but then, like, a riot happens in the prison and they have to work together to put it down. Exactly, it's just, like, a small movie, and like I said, like, Ocean's Eleven a little bit as well. Yeah. Where it's not just some big, grand scheme, it's just this little thing, you know, maybe they're going to go steal something, or, Mm -hmm. uh, like, in this movie, like, this movie should have just been them going to save Amanda Waller from that, yeah, from something, like, she's stuck there because joker is there or something yeah hell make it make it like a make like one of those things where it's like oh russian terrorist the kg beast is going to like blow up gotham plaza it's going to be like two 9-11s only the suicide squad can stop them i remember batman killed kg beast oh yeah oh fuck that's right he did too didn't he shit blew blew him up i forgot (laughs) that nameless henchman was kg beast shit (laughs) <laughs> they they love killing all their heroes because it's fun. Yeah, I guess they do. Yeah, we thought it would be fun to kill these characters that people know and like. Now, nah, most people don't know or like KGBs, the Jimmy Olsen <laughs> thing. Hey, that's another reason to like Suicide Squad. They didn't trot out a fan favorite and kill him for no reason. <laughs> I mean, they <laughs> they, they kill people characters that people don't like or don't even know, like Slipknot. Exactly, which is fine, and it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. Who, who will they kill in the next movie? What nameless bullshit? Get you? Know, they'll probably steal some characters from the Geffen run because that was a run that literally invented characters just so they could be killed. <laughs> but they'll do that. They'll pull out a couple of those jerks to get killed. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's our Suicide Squad talk, everyone. I didn't hate it. I didn't think it was the worst thing ever. But I'm not gonna go to bat for it either. And in fact. After today, with everything I've learned about it, I like it a little less than I did. If, if there was ever a situation, I know people, you know, pissed and moaned and complained forever. It's like, oh, we need an ultimate cut of, you know, Batman v Superman. We need an assembly cut of Batman v Superman. If there was ever a movie where I would actually want to see the goddamn assembly cut, it's this. Well, before the movie even got a wide release in, like, America and all that, people were saying they want a ultimate cut. I'm yeah. like... Like, do, is this going to be the thing now for DC movies when they come out and a couple of critics, like, say, like, oh, it wasn't that good. They're going to say, well, wait for the ultimate cut. It's like the DLCification of movies. It's true. You know, you, you hit the nail right there on the head, Matt. And I hope it doesn't come to that because the fact of the matter is, look, you put out the movie the way it is. It's going to get reviewed the way it is. If you cared, then you should have taken time to make sure that it was up to snuff. Also, not every movie is goddamn Kingdom of Heaven is the thing. When we actually got to see the ultimate cut of Batman v Superman, it fixed a couple things, but at the end of the day, bad story, bad characterization, and poor finale no amount of deleted scenes getting put back in could fix that movie. Also, like, extended cuts, ultimate cuts, whatever, they ruin the whole purpose of a cinematic universe. That's why that's there's true. no ultimate cuts or extended cuts of the Marvel movies mm-hmm. because that's what they see in theaters is what's in their the canon for their cinematic universe. Yeah. When you start bringing in extended cuts, well, then you go, oh, well, this happened in this movie, and but it didn't get referenced in this movie. Because and, it was a deleted know. scene. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's you know that that's a brilliant way to look at it, Matt. I never thought of it that way. If you want to build a cohesive universe, you can't hold back, and you know you can't continue to lean on ultimate cuts and hope that you know that will do the trick for you. 
Yeah, exactly. And I guess one last topic because we're on this, uh, you know, this this movie also had a bit of a Pierre, uh, P- Pierre, yeah, Pierre, Jean-Pierre was in the movie. Uh, no, PR. This movie had a real PR nightmare, too. First off, David Ayer at the premiere says, fuck Marvel, then quickly apologizes for it. Yeah, that that, that sounded like he says it was just in the moment, but I think that was an executive saying, dude, you can't fucking say that. Mm-hmm. Because look, guys, we want Jeff all- Johns. It was probably Jeff Johns as well. Probably came to him like, dude, you can't say that, man. That, that seems like something that Jeff Johns would say because it's like, look, we want fans, all fans, to come and see this. You can't alienate a giant, you know, portion of moviegoers by saying something like that. It's yeah, it- yeah. Because like, I can imagine like a general audience member seeing that and being like, "Whoa, what, why is he saying fuck Marvel? They make good movies." It's like, look, uh, it's like a little competition is good and everything, but there's such a thing as bad competition. It's like saying, "Yo, fuck Coke or fuck Pepsi." It's like fifty-fifty there. Everybody either drink one or the other, or you drink Fago, which you know is fitting because Juggalos. <laughs> <laughs> man, man, this movie actually made me want to go out and buy a whole bunch of Fago and do like a Fago taste. <laughs> It's just because, <laughs> and just slap a bunch of Suicide Squad on it and be like, man, now there's there's a video that'll get me lots of hits. <laughs> <laughs> I actually went to the Fago website and looked. I'm like, okay, what actual flavors of Fago are there? Okay, there's cream soda, that's fitting. There's Red Pop. I'm like, what kind of name flavor is Red Pop? Is Red Pop? <laughs> what is it? It is Red Pop. <laughs> it's a red. It, it's it's pop and it's red. It's Red Pop. I'm like, wow, these names are amazing. Then there's cotton candy. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. And then there's like a bunch of like uh, recipes for it. it's like you know make make your Fago cotton candy cocktail or like you know Red Pop and whiskey. I'm like, that's a drink. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of soda company is like? No, but seriously though, mix mix our drink with booze though. <laughs> it's bitter with booze. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so so Ayer said that, and then quickly apologized. Whatever, it's a non-story. People can be as tribalistic as they want and fight about it. I don't care. I was going to see the movie anyway. But it's the Joel Kinnaman interview that really made me kind of cringe a little bit. Where he's like, you know, well, you know, critics can kiss my ass. You know, this movie was made for the real fans. And I'm like, you liar. You lie. And anyone who says a movie was made for the real fans lies. And I will tell you yeah. why. You don't care about the fans. You care about making as much money as possible. The hardcore Suicide Squad fans, of which I count myself in. I have read much of the Ostrander runs, the Geffen runs, everything in between. You can't make a successful movie just hoping guys like me will go see it. Because that is a very, very small percentage of people. And that's just bad business. Yeah, and it's always these movies that get like shafted, like critically and financially. They say, "Oh, we made it for the fans," which is another. Way. It's like their excuse. It's it's the ultimate. Well, critics just didn't get it, and I'm like, "Well, maybe yeah. you just made a bad movie." Did you think about that? I'll admit, a lot of the times, critics don't get good movies. Fight Club is the perfect example of like a movie critics didn't get. I'm pretty sure Gladiator got lambasted when it first came out. But, you know, ended up being, you know, considered, you know, a classic later on everything. Suicide Squad ain't either of those two movies. I'm just making a reference here. Yeah. I don't want someone to go and be like, damn it, Joel, you said Suicide Squad was as good as Gladiator and Fight Club. It's not. <laughs> and also, too, you know, we, we live in a day and age, you know, j- j- you know, just to defend critics for a little bit, of which Matt and I kind of are. We dip our toes in that, you know. The thing is, is like in this day of like internet journalism, 
you really have two types of critics. You have the old guard, who probably couldn't tell the difference between a DC or Marvel movie if you paid them. To them, it's all just the same bullshit. You know, people my dad's age, essentially, who have been writing movie reviews forever and continue to. Then you have the new age of, you know, internet critics, who are all younger guys like us, you know, guys like Matt and I's age, who work online, who have grown up, you know, in the era of, you know, great cartoons and great video games and great comic books, and they do know their shit more than you give them credit for. Yeah. Like I said, a shocking number of actual critics were able to be like, yeah, and the villain was Incubus, they never say it. Like, that's a deep pull to know that, or to at least to know someone to tell you that. They clearly <laughs> did enough research. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that, that's Suicide Squad. That's my little rant there on the end. Uh, any closing thoughts, Matt? Anything you want to say? Uh, it was better than Batman vs. Superman, it, but only just. It was. Like, I, I, I don't feel bad at all by saying this is the best movie in the DC Cinematic Universe so far. Yeah, yeah well, as, as I was saying before um, on Facebook, like, it, it's kind of telling when two of your three cinematic movies so far are reactions to the previous one. Yeah, yeah, that's not a good way to build a universe. Yeah. To have your movies continually be... Yeah, be answers and rebuttals to the last movie you just made. It's kind of like <laughs> someone telling a joke, but then like, but wait, there's more. <laughs> look, look, man, I can only take so much more. You can't keep mooring me over and over. <laughs> I'm going to get tired on this one. But yeah, that was Suicide Squad. That was what we thought about it. We've actually managed to fill a pretty good episode here. Matt, I was worried we wouldn't be able to fill a whole show. Yeah, we, we we went for a good hour and 21-ish minutes. Yeah, and of course, if you're a patron, you can listen to this show first before anyone else. I would like to thank all the people who actually gave to the patron. That just got into my account today as I record this. Uh, I will be using that to go to Fan Expo, of course, coming up very soon. They haven't, they haven't officially set my information yet, but I'm pretty sure that they're going to in the next little bit. So uh, I'll be doing that. If you're there, be sure to come out and see me. Uh, again, thank you for everyone who made this possible. As always, I remind you to like, subscribe, favorite, do all that other good stuff. Be sure to follow Matt over on Fortress Assault. He does lots of good videos too, and he's nice enough to give you uh, the important timestamps now. I know everyone's really been enjoying that. He makes the thumbnails for this episode. So everyone thank Matt for all the hard work he does in the comic multiverse. <laughs> it's Matt Appreciation Day on the comic multiverse <laughs> where we buckle down and thank him. for Forever let August 7th be known as Matt Appreciation Day. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so yeah there, there's the show, everybody. We hope you liked it, and we'll be back again next time. Bye-bye. See ya.